So what's up? Um, nothing much. You know, just like hanging in there, living the dream. Yeah, we're we're all living the dream, aren't we? Yeah, it's uh feeling real normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, <sighs> uh, God, I just I I <laughs> I led off with that, but I've got nowhere to go. Um, uh, I got a, I got I got a car this week. Oh yeah, saw that. In more per- yeah, uh, uh, made all of my bends. I drove Miracle Whips. That's awesome, and we love to see it, and I'm so proud of you. Way to go. Thank you. I, I After my car broke down last year, I had been able to make do with, you know, bumming, buying rides off of other people and also, you know, taking the bus, because downtown uh, Rochester has a pretty... Uh, not like it's not like a great system, but it's a pretty it's a pretty okay bus system. But uh, up t- now that I've had to move back in with my parents in the you know in the in All the summer, the yeah, there's no there's no buses. There's no buses. I, I you need a car to get anywhere to like mm-hmm. like I I had like you know not that I was going to restaurants by the time I moved out of my last place because of you know the whole disease thing, mm-hmm. but like. I, I was within walking distance of like five or six, like at least five or six really good restaurants. And now like it, it's like, um, like I, I'd have to run my bike for like 15 minutes to get to a McDonald's. That's entirely too much to go for McDonald's. It really is. Yeah. So uh, definitely need a car in that situation. It was a lot like that in the um, city where I grew up. Um, I had to take the bus to work once and the i was at the bus stop and the bus driver pulled up and was like legitimately confused that i was there because apparently you have to schedule a ride with the bus in that city for it to even stop there what the fuck right and this is like this is i don't know your exact age but like what was this like 15-ish years ago like give Um, or take i'm fuck how old am i 27 okay yeah Ooh. but like about, about like what 15 15 odd years ago what um, this was 15 to 20 i think it was like seven years ago oh seven okay yeah, yeah. Okay. it was like um i was still like living at home but i was like fully an adult um mm-hmm. okay I mean, maybe more like se- 10 years ago about so like this is like we- <laughs> I don't know what time I don't know what time is, and I I say this because I was very late to get a smartphone of my own. But like this is this this was like before the time when pretty much literally everybody had a smartphone, right? So like you would have you would have had to like fucking pick up the pick up the home phone and just dial them up and be like, hey, I need to you know. There's no easy app to just like press three buttons and say. Yeah, okay, I pick think me I up. still had like a Pantech Matrix that like <laughs> dual flip or slide phone. It, yep, like, yep, slide yep, yep. up for the T9 and slide sideways for the full keyboard. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I, I had one that was just slide sideways for the full keyboard. And uh, one time I dropped it in the bath and it, oh, uh, no. it, it still worked, but it just like doubled up a bunch of keys. Like whenever I typed I, it would also do an X. And whenever I typed like V, it would do a slash, mm-hmm. which really hampered my, uh, <laughs> my tweeting back in those days because I, I had tweeting set up so that it would like, Twitter would like literally text me every single tweet that people I followed posted, and then I would text the app to do a tweet. And yo, text to tweet. <laughs> I classic. completely forgot about that. God, fucking! I 
And then eventually I, I actually dropped the phone in the bathtub again after like six months of getting used to this, like, you know, typing an I and backspacing the X. And then it just like dropping it in the tub again completely fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But the, the other thing about tweet to text is that uh, I had a signature on my tweets for like a good, ooh, I don't know year or so so like if you go back and like look at my first tweets from like back in like 2009 2010 like i for a while my tweet signature was just like dash jesus like i was signing them like i was jesus because i thought that was really funny and then my mom was like (laughs) my mom said that she thought that was like i I think she like said that was like disrespecting god or something my mom was like a lot more you know, Jesus-y back then than she is now um, and so in order to spite her like every week I would change it to a different deity that I was signing my text as and I did this for like a, I, did, I did this for like a year this is an extremely good bit though <laughs> so like if you go back to like see my tweets in 2010 it would just be like uh, I would just be posting stupid shit like wow uh, fucking Obama is the wind sauce dash Brahma <laughs> hold on let me just let me just do a quick search for my tweets with with that name there's like absolutely nothing there but i love it (laughs) what is this tweet saying i don't fucking know but it's great here's a great tweet from me on april 10th 2010 uh, a little bit over a decade ago Taxi has reached level 18. Taxi is evolving. Congratulations. Taxi has evolved into Water Taxi. Water Taxi learned surf. Tilda Brahma. <laughs> like, that's just the kind of shit I was posting back then. Excellent. Those are uh, some fire tweets that you... Uh, fire shit posts that you cut your teeth on to become the poster that you are today. Yeah, oh my god. God, sorry. I, I gotta, I gotta close out of this fucking <laughs> nightmare to look at. I'm just like flashing back to all of the terrible, sh- like I'm, I'm doing like a slum, I'm experiencing like a slumdog millionaire style flashback to every terrible tweet that I posted from my phone. Mm. <laughs> back when I had like no, I had like two followers that were not like bots, and I'm just like I was a different Sarah back then. Oh, I was not. I, yeah, I was a very different Sarah back then. God, I, I joined Twitter back when retweets were not a thing. Retweets were added like two years after the existence of Twitter. You had to like type RT and then put a yeah. link. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what you had to do. <laughs> and I remember when people, I remember when they first added like actual retweets into the system. I was like, this fucking, this is so fucking weird. How was, then like, I was, I was like, the first time I saw like a tweet from like three hours ago in the middle of my timeline from like that in between a tweet from 10 and 12 minutes ago, mm-hmm. I was like, what? This is so confusing. This is never going to work. And then now, and then that was probably the last good thing that Twitter did. Um, I will give them, I'm, Okay, hold on. Under no circumstances am I handing it to Twitter, but that said, (laughs) 280 characters is really nice. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's probably the last good decision that Jack Twitter made. Yeah, other than that, it's still fuck Jack Twitter. Yeah. Ugh, anyways, you want to get into the episode? Yeah, let's fucking do this shit.
spear baiting everyone it's your number one uh joker origin story podcast uh i'm sarah and i'm joined this week by friend of the podcast quinn hey. uh so quinn for first time uh first time someone's on the podcast we always have them talk about uh you know their their history with horror movies what uh what if if they have a favorite subgenre what that is and you know what kind of horror i mean yeah what, what horror movies do you like Okay, so, um, here's the thing. I'm an absolute fucking baby when it comes to horror movies, Mm -hmm. so I usually stay away from that medium, um, but, uh, um, okay. Early experience with, uh, like, lightweight horror film Ghostbusters. I watched that (laughs) when I was, like, uh, seven or so, and... You were far too young to see a ghost suck that guy's dick. (laughs) Yeah, uh, probably should not have been watching that, but, uh, I I don't know, my parents okayed it, they're just like, yeah, whatever, it's a sci-fi movie, it's fine. So, I'm watching that, and I'm seeing, like, that, um, nightmare fuel ghost in the library, Mm -hmm. and, um, just a bunch of other shit that I've probably repressed, because after that, I went to bed that night, and had just all of the covers on me because I like to like have hella blanket weight and Mm. woke up in the middle of the night with like absolute fucking panic that like that library ghost was like at the foot of my bed yelling at me and I was like fuck I need to go I need to get out but I'm like trapped under these blankets so I can't fucking move and I'm just like "Ah." so yeah I don't watch those anymore. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, this week, we watched Guillermo del Toro's... Uh, we're, we're Again, this is another one where, where we kind of stretch the definition of a horror movie, but I'll say that, that this is definitely more of a horror movie than James and the Giant Peach. Uh, and I might even go so far as to say it's more of a horror movie than uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, because I think the... Is, is it the Pale Man? I always confuse it with the Thin Man from Charlie's Angels. I don't actually know what they called him. I just, the, like, guy with the eyes in his hands. Yeah, Doug yeah. Jones. That nightmare fuel-ass guy. Yeah. Uh, that I think that alone qualifies this as a horror movie. And also, all the, uh, they're, well, they're not Nazis. But all of the fucking fascists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, My bad. The... Didn't know we were going to watch a movie about that. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what the uh, what the term is for uh, people uh, who are part of the the Francoist who were part of Francoist Spain, but uh, but yeah, the the, the, the Spanish fascists. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- those and um, Doug jo- Doug Doug Dougie Jones himself, the the pale man. Uh, I think those those alone qualify the, this as a horror movie, and also the Joker the Jokerification of Captain Vidal. He did sure get Jokerified. <laughs> he got he got full on Joker face, but that's that's an hour and a half later. Let's let's get into the, how this movie starts. Yeah, so um, Homegirl's like in. Um, I guess I should be more specific about Homegirl, but like the little girl, the main character, um, whatever her name is, Ophelia. Ophelia. Thank Ophelia, you. I believe. Yeah. She's like in this carriage reading a fantasy novel. And... Well, before that, we, we, we start in media res with her like 
bleeding out, but it's like a it's like a, a reversed shot. It's like the fucking Dead Island trailer where it's just playing in reverse of the mm. blood going back into her nose, and then we flash back to uh, a while ago when she's riding in the carriage with her with her uh, gre- with her pregnant mother. <laughs> she sure is. <laughs> has to fucking pull the carriage over because she's about to fucking hurl. Yeah, and uh, Ophelia wanders off and finds a rock and the door of Pharos. Uh, and when she puts the rock into the eye of the tomb of the fucking tombstone thing, uh, it vomits out a cool bug. It sure does. That was um, like jump scare number one for me. I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then she like asks it if it's a fairy and it's this like giant bug thing. And I'm like... Um, maybe stretching that definition, but go listen, off. Listen, when you're, listen, when, when you're, when you're 10 and you just, all you do is read books about fairies, you know, we, uh, it's like the, uh, you know, when I, when you got a hammer, everything's a nail, right? <laughs> yeah. When you, when you're a child, everything's a fairy. Yeah. You know what? I'll give her that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh they they get to the uh what what is it? is it like a farm that this entire thing is it, i i don't exactly know what like this this place i is. think it's a mill that sounds that sounds correct yeah because there's that guy later shouting about the daily bread in franco spain kept safe at this mill mm-hmm. uh yeah uh and we meet we meet uh captain vidal who like immediately bad vibes just from the way he like leans in and hugs mom and asks her to sit in the wheelchair and like do it for me i'm like okay this guy is not a good person yeah no like uh we 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 get just like the the one two three punch because he's like he's checking his watch and he's and he's got and he's like fucking grumpy about the fact that they're 15 minutes late uh, he like makes uh, Mama sit in the wheelchair, and then uh, Ophelia offers her left hand, and uh, Captain Vidal just like crushes it, and is like, "You have to use your other hand, dear." And then Ophelia is like, uh, and or, uh, and then um, Mama, m- mother, who's uh, I think her name's Carmen. It's not said very often in this movie, so I had to check the Wikipedia for that one. Yeah, I didn't pick her name up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's she's uh, uh, Carmen tells Ophelia, "Hey, you got to be nice to this guy. This is your new dad. Uh, sorry, I married this man, but you, you know what? We we got to get th- we got to get through this all somehow." It is real bad to see. Like I had to pause the movie after Captain like grabs Ophelia's hand because I'm just like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we we meet some we meet the other major players in this uh, story, which are uh, Mercedes, who is like uh uh, uh what well, what's the word for what she is like um she, not a not like a maid like a like a helping hand around the entire uh, estate that they're at. Yeah, she does um, basically everything from cooking mm-hmm. to well, I guess she's in charge of everybody who does all of that for the um, mill. Yeah. So she's like the head housekeeper or whatever. Yeah, that sounds about right. And we also meet uh, Doctor. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Doctor Ferrero, and they're they're friends. Uh, we we know this because we see uh, Doctor Ferrero hand Mercedes a big fat brick of something uh, mm-hmm. early on. He sure uh, after, does. After yeah. 
I'm just like, girl, I got that loud for the low. Here you go. Listen, this one's on the house. You do me a solid. This one's this one's on me. Mm-hmm. Carmen, the mother, is uh, pretty unwell. Like she, on top of like, on top of like the the health uh, issues that come with not health issues, like the uh, on top of like the 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 complications that come with being pregnant. Yeah, uh, growing and, a whole fucking human, it turns out, is an exhausting task. Yeah, and on top of that, she is like unwell. And mm-hmm. uh, doc- the doctor gives her uh, two drops of something to consume every night. I didn't catch what that was. Bam, I tried so hard to find out what the fuck that is. Like, zooming in on the label, and they do not show it on camera long enough. Honestly, given the times, it's probably something really bad for you. Like, laudanum or something. Probably. It's just, like, straight-up opium droplets, and they're like, listen, you only need two. Yeah. Just two drops. Later that night, uh, Ophelia tells the baby bump uh, that is to be her soon that is soon to be her brother a story. Um, I don't remember what the story was about. But my notes just say that she tells a story. Yeah, it's another um, fairy tale. I... Right, because well, we didn't we didn't cover, it, but at the start of this movie, it opens with a fairy tale about uh, princess. Is it like it's like Moana or something? Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Um, and about how she left the labyrinth and her dad put portals all over the place to get her so that she may someday return home. Yeah. And the, uh, the thing that, uh, Ophelia put a, put an eye, the statue that Ophelia put an eye into earlier is possibly one of those. Who knows? We have to get, that doesn't happen for another 15 minutes in the movie. Mm -hmm. But it's heavily hinted at that that's probably what that is. Yeah, but while Ophelia is telling the baby bump a story, uh, uh, we go spend some time with uh, Vidal, the you know the the fascist who is very concerned about his soon to come baby coming out healthily during a conversation that he has with Doctor Ferrero, mm-hmm. and then uh, one of his soldiers comes in and is like, "Sir, these men are trespassing. Come outside and take a look at them." and he interrogates them, accuses them of having, uh, uh, like, uh, he, he just, like, says, like, red propaganda, right? Yeah. Uh, and then beats, he, he beats one guy to death with a bottle of liquor and then shoots the guy's dad and also shoots the Was that guy a bottle liquor. of liquor? Because what, it looked a lot sharper to me. And then when we see later his, um, instruments for information extraction the uh the long pointy one like i think that's what he just like in dude's face well no because like he he like he like uncorks it and takes a whiff and then puts the cork back in and then like bonks the guy in the face with it grabs him by the shirt so he can't fall over and just like bashes his nose in with like the the hard end of the 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 fat end of the bottle gotcha so he shoots them because they were trespassing and possibly uh, uh, um, what, what's the, communist. uh, yeah, communists, they're the, uh, the, the rebels, mm-hmm. uh, but, and then, uh, the, the, st- the cool, the cool bug from earlier that, uh, Ophelia talked to about, uh, that Ophelia was like, Hey, are you a fairy? Uh, the, the cool bug shows up, um, while Ophelia and her mother are sleeping together and she, and, and uh, Ophelia is like pulls out her book and like points to the fairies, and then the bug just like animorphs into a fairy. Yeah, it's like, yo, that's me. I can do that. And then it just like fucking does that. And 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Big move it's a, it's looking a, at transition timelines. I'm like, yo, that's me. I can do that. And then I fucking turn into a girl. <laughs> Hell yeah. The, the bug said, I can do that on concrete. And then did a, <laughs> and then did a perfect backflip. <laughs> Um, and then the, the fairy is like, hey, you got to come with me. Uh, so they go into the labyrinth, which is just off the site of the mill. And inside the labyrinth, they go down to this the bottom of the spiral staircase and they meet a fawn played by played by Mr. Doug Jones himself also. And the fawn is like, hey, you're this you're the daughter of the king. The princess, you're Princess Moana. Here, take this book. You have three trials to pass. And she's just and, like, dude, what? Mm hmm. <laughs> fucking okay <laughs> like not buying any of this and you know what um honestly it's some legend of zelda ass shit three tasks you gotta do them before the moon is full it's a uh, you know generic fantasy shit but i'm here for it yeah honestly like if 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 if, if, if uh, a magical creature of any variety came up to me and said hey three tasks i'm like i don't care what they are let me do it like yeah I'm, let me I'm fucking in. do it i'm in <laughs> i've been waiting for this my whole life yeah honestly god the only way, the only way to some fucking magical, uh, some like, uh, uh, Navi comes to you and is like, Hey Quinn, we need your help to end the COVID. <laughs> Complete these tasks three and we'll install your pussy for free. <laughs> Tempting offer. <laughs> yeah, I accept. What do you collect, need? These, collect these medallions, of which there are six, and we'll give you some rockin' tits. Okay. I mean... It's a, bit of a sl- it's a bit of a slant rhyme, but... Listen, it's fine. That's just advanced poetry. Yeah, exactly. Listen, it's... Everyone... Listen, everyone loves it when J- when Kanye does it, so... Everyone does love it when he does it, so... You know what? You're entitled. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of slant rhymes, uh, I don't know if you listened to Fun Point, but their most recent episode on uh, Aaron's party, come get it, is true. Like, I even if you don't, uh, okay, so a don't listen to the album of Aaron Carter, Aaron's party, come get it. Um, <laughs> but b do listen to the podcast of Fun Point where they talk about that album because it's truly one of the most like unhinged hours and a half of podcasting I've heard. They just completely lose their minds. <laughs> about that all the slant rhymes delicious i'm very like, into that i think i think eddie says something to the, along the lines of like this shit is like nursery rhymes but they couldn't even like actually complete a rhyme they're like they're rhyming like goose with aloof <laughs> which is like it's a slant rhyme but there's so many things right there there sure are but anyways um so it gives her the 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 fawn gives her a book and is like, "Hey, only look at the shit when you're alone." And what does she do? Immediately fucking looks at it when he's right there. Like, bitch, did you listen? <laughs> uh, the, the fawn doesn't count. I I guess not. <laughs> yeah, because um, she gets like sent to take a bath and put on her cool new dress. Uh, and when she's in the bath, she gets uh put. She she decides to open the book up and. Um, I don't remember exactly what's inside the book. It's just some, like, cool, like, Rorschach-looking things mm-hmm. that, um, she divi- that, that she manages to, def- to divine a meaning from. And the meaning she divines is go inside this tree and, with, with your cool new dress on, go inside this tree and, um, give these three rocks to a frog who is gonna puke and 
uh, who's gonna puke all over you, but then and then kind of die, and then you'll get a key. Yep, that is exactly what she's instructed to do, and she goes and like does her fucking best to stay clean. She takes the fancy new dress off and hangs it up on the tree branch outside, and then just. Mm-hmm dives into that absolute fucking gross roots underneath the tree. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the uh, the fascists are chasing down... Uh, they, they find, like, some trails of, uh, uh, of uh, some rebels in the area. Specifically, they find uh, a, a leftover bottle of antibiotic... Wait, uh, a leftover bottle of antibiotics as well as a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you guys left this shit. Come out and get it. Ha-ha, just like real on. fucking bold, my guy. Yeah, but um, the, the, the rebels just kind of like stand uh, far away and we see like, we get our first, uh, we, we get like our first shot. I think this is like the first time we actually see the, the rebel force in full. Mm-hmm. But so uh, she, yeah, o- Ophelia finds a big frog. It gives her a, Gives her a big sloppy kiss with its fat tongue. <laughs> uh, the frog explodes and she gets a key. Uh, and yep. she kind of just like, does she like pass out here? Because she doesn't return to the mill until Mercedes finds her later. I think she like gets out of the tree at the end of uh, the first part of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And um, is just like absolutely covered in muck and filth and finds her dress absolutely covered in muck and filth as well despite hanging it up and then we just see her getting cleaned up i think yeah she like she mercedes finds her and brings her back to the mill and then her mother is like scolding her for uh for getting her dress all dirty and is like you're gonna after your bath is done you're going straight to bed no dinner young lady yeah that uh sure is a thing that they did back then Mm mm-hmm but um, I think, like, shortly after that, her mom starts, like, bleeding a lot because, again, she is, like, uh, she is, like, unwell in her in her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You you we, you we keep bringing up Legend of Zelda, and, like, it, it's really weird because, like, I had an independent thought of this, which is that the, um, the, the scene with the Pale Man where he's, like, not moving whatsoever until, like, she triggers the cutscene that causes him to, like, get... Until she, like, triggers the action that causes him to, like, actually move. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I was just thinking about the re-deads from, uh, uh, the... From Ocarina of Time, when you go into yeah. the Greenstone and you get the song of... The, the sun song or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, standing there and standing there until you, like, get close enough and then they just fucking wail. Mm-hmm. And then you get frozen and then they jump on you. God, that, that was nightmare scared. fuel. Yeah, absolutely. That game scared the shit out of me as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, number one scariest game to me as a child, Metroid Fusion. Number two, Metroid Prime. Number three, Ocarina of Time. Entirely valid. I would also like to put Majora's Mask on that. Not just for the, like, body horror of when Link puts on the mask for the first time and just, like, shrieks and turns into a Deku. But also yeah. from the constant, like, weight of the evil moon going to just like Mm -hmm. crash into you in three days like i still have not finished majora's mask to this day because i'm so fucking anxious i can't do it the moon the fucking the happy mask salesman the toilet hand yeah just everything about that game everything about it spooky Mm -hmm. absolutely the the night that uh ophelia's mother bleeds a lot uh the fawn comes and is like hey here's a mandrake root uh put it in some milk and give it two drops of blood every night just like 
just like her mother got uh, two drops of blood, two drops of uh, opio- uh, opioid extract every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like comes and- in and is like immediately like, girl, what the fuck? Why haven't you done the task yet? And then she tells him about the mom and then he gives her all of that. Like, OK, OK, we'll give you this magic cure. Get all that done. Like, we need to get this task complete. Yeah. Hurry. Come on. Come on. Hurry up. Bring it. Come on. Get going, get going. And he's like, hey, you got to go visit this guy. You got to go visit this guy. Uh, here's your instructions. Um, do listen, Follow the fairies and don't eat anything. And it like he hammers that in pretty hard he for sure Ophelia. He's just like, do not eat anything. So, of course, I'm like fucking sweating. Like, she's going to fucking eat something. I know she is. I know yep. she is. And my heart is pounding. And she flips over the hourglass. And uh, I'm like... Okay, we skipped a bit. Well, yeah. I did. The, yeah. The, the only note that I have in between uh, the the fawn instructing her to visit the pale man and her going to visit the pale man is that the doctor cuts off one of the rebel's legs because he's, like, mm-hmm. bleeding out a lot. And if he doesn't cut off the leg, the guy will die. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, I'm very grateful that they cut away from pretty much all violence that happens in this movie that's not done to the fascists. Yeah, it's which like like there's there's scenes of like you know th- there's scenes of like directly before and after a character is being tortured. For example, we don't actually see the torture itself, mm-hmm. but when it comes time for the fascists to get like their bodies all tortured, uh, it's like completely you know raw, unfiltered, <laughs> fucking South Park voice, bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those scenes got a hoodie on them. Uh- <laughs> I do super appreciate that. Um, Not super into watching depictions of police brutality. Yeah. Yeah. Like at all times, but especially right now. Yeah. There's enough of that in our, thank you. Thank you, Guillermo for, uh, thank you, Guillermo for this gift back in, what is it? What was this? 2004? Something like that. Listen, all I know is I get basements out of Guillermo and I get cuts away from the bad violence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this was 2007, I think. Uh, as far as a U.S. release, at least. Uh, 06 for everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you well, watch this in English or Spanish? I watched this in Spanish. Okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, uh, I... I, I used to have I used to be really bad about subtitles with everything, and then I got really into watching anime and really snooty about the quality of dub voices, <laughs> so... It sounds about right. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure dubs now are are like great, but like I just I have listened to enough bad dub voices to last me a lifetime. Like just so much so much anime that I was just like, "Hey, this is on Netflix. Let's check this out." And they only had the dub available and and also there's just too much Vic Mignogna for me to enjoy any of it. Mm-hmm. But that guy, I think that guy's broke now or something. So hopefully he's, uh, hopefully he's out of the, hopefully he's out of the voice actor picture for a while. Hopefully. And, uh, four kids is out of business. So they answered for their dub crimes as much as I love Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. You know what? I I gotta say this. I'm kind of, I think this this might be a bit of a controversial opinion. I kind of think the four kids one piece opening bangs. Like. It does. (laughs) It fucking slaps. Like by compared to like the original, you know, compared to you know, climb aboard and bring along all you. I mean, that's the American version. That's the English version of the original song. But like compared to that, it's not that good. But like, 
it's pretty good. Yo ho ho, you took a bite of gum gum. Let me get that pirate rap. I'm about it. Listen, Nami, she's an L-A-D-Y. Nami's not shy. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Luminary vocalists of our time. God, I, hold on. I need to find out who did that because um, that, that, what if that's like what what if that's like how fucking the weekend like got his start? Like, what if that was the first track the weekend put together? That would be absolutely bananas. All right, let's see who 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 was responsible for the One Piece rap, rapped by Sean Conrad, better known by his stage name Freshco, and singing parts by Russell Velazquez. So who? Fre- <laughs> Hold on, I need to Google Freshco now. <laughs> Tell me more about this Sean Conrad Freshco. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, the, Sh- Sean Freshco, uh, Sean Freshco Conrad actually rapped with Notorious B.I.G. and Jay-Z uh, after his time on Tommy Boy Records from 89 to 91. Wow, okay. So. My bad, I take back any disrespect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who Russell Velasquez is, I have to admit, but uh, I, I, I want to see if Google has anything for him. Yeah. This is, this is very important information. It is, honestly. We cannot proceed until we know what happened to Russell Velasquez. Um, he is apparently a uh, composer and performer for a, lot of four, for a handful of four kids' uh, openings, including... The uh, Sonic X opening. Yo! <laughs> Another banger! <laughs> God, I, 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 like, that song is one that just, like, gets stuck in my head. Now that I brought it up, it's going to, like, just be in my head for the rest of, like, the week. Oh, yeah, that shit is locked in there now. Blair, Blair if you want to just, like, include a little bit of a clip of that so that the people... Because I think the One Piece rap is known pretty worldwide. I, I think the One Piece rap is, like, pretty, you know, pretty well-known. Yeah, that's I, I don't think the Sonic X theme song is as well-known. So, Blair, if you want to just drop that in right here, we would appreciate that very much. But anyway, <laughs> you do gotta go fast. You do gotta go fast. <clears throat> Sonic is on the run. Sonic is number one. Sonic is coming up. So watch out for Sonic X. Hell yeah, he is real. He is strong, and he is my friend. We we hear. <laughs> Oh, I, I was about to say Sonic is the only blue life that matters, but then I remember that uh, his best friend's a cop in Sonic in, in Sonic movie. So yeah, we did have to cancel him for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to to quote City Girls Make Do, Alex, uh, guest of frequent repeating guest of the show, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Sonic's life does not matter. Sonic's life does not matter. Tails though, tail tails though, tails is fine. We do stand tails. Yeah, tail tails is six. So, you know, yeah. Sonic, Sonic is like, so, how old is Sonic? Old enough to be a fucking problem. Old enough to yeah. know better. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Tails is six. Tails, Tails, someone needs to teach Tails from early on, but like Tails still has things to learn. Yeah. Sonic should know better. Mm-hmm. But anyways. So back to this horror movie <laughs> podcast. Pan's <laughs> Labyrinth. We listen. I had to take that super long One Piece diversion before we get into uh, the, the the before we get into the Pale Man uh, scene. Yeah. So, so 
<clears throat> she, you, you go for it. You, you, you sound like you were about to recap yeah. this earlier before I. So, um, Fawn Guy gives Ophelia the magic chalk. And, and she goes she, to the chalk zone. Yep. <laughs> she goes to the chalk zone. <laughs> and the fucking blue guy is like, Rudy! <laughs> Rudy, you gotta draw something! Uh, she, I mean, yeah, at the very end, she does indeed gotta draw something. <laughs> <laughs> she does! Okay, so she um, draws a door, she flips over the hourglass, she hops in the tunnel, and... uh, Begins her time trial. Yeah, exactly, begins her time trial. (laughs) So we're in this, like, ornate, like, dining hall, and as described, there's a sumptuous feast, and a just absolute fucking nightmarish man with pale skin and, like, no eyes and just no nose but two gaping nostrils and this 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 fucking faceless voldemort looking motherfucker for real that's yeah like the homies over at that studio saw that pale man and took notes but ophelia's bold ass just like picks up his fucking plate with the eyes on it and looks at them and sets it back down like yeah (laughs) ma'am She she knows that she she knows that she hasn't uh, triggered the cutscene yet. She knows that the pale man can't hit the pale man can't hurt her. <laughs> the boss fight hasn't started yet because she hasn't triggered the cutscene. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> so um, the fairies lead her to those locks on the wall, which were described as she needed to put the golden key that she got from the toad in the forest in the first dungeon. Um, and she open well tries to open the one that the fairy like points to her and she's like no that's the wrong door which i guess just like lets me know that the fairies aren't perfect that they are just like people yeah yeah so listen they they uh given the number of uh children's shoes that the pale man has amassed in uh in their in 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 his quarters because um we we see these like fucking saturn devouring his son ass images up on the uh, up on the wall that like look like just like a bunch of images of the pale man eating children yeah he's got uh, like and, murals to his war crimes yeah and ophelia just like finds a gargantuan pile of children's shoes so uh, maybe the, maybe the fairies are wrong maybe the fairies are malicious <laughs> it's impossible to say it is impossible to say but we do get the door open eventually she reaches in and pulls out a dagger that is just like very fancy and sharp and ceremonial and so she wraps that up puts it in the thing and then cannot resist the siren song of the table the siren song the siren song of grape too the siren song of grape So she goes to the table, plucks a grape, and the fairies are like, "Bitch, you are wildin'. What did yeah. we tell you?" They're, they're they're just like waving their hands in front of their face. No, 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 no. And she like swats them away. Like, she does. She has to like swat them away like four times. She's like, "Bruh, I'm trying to eat these grapes. Can you like fuck off, please?" And they're just like, like "Bitch, what did we tell you?" Like Judas style, three times. Three times you will rebuke me. Three <laughs> times. I don't remember. I don't remember Bible. I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. 
Uh, and so she eats the grape and I was like, why would you, when I wrote, when I was watching this scene the first time, I was like, why would you do that? And then I remember that they're kind of like, like food is extremely rationed and like people are just kind of getting to eat like bread and bowls of, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so grape is probably like that, that would probably like you or I who, who, well, I, you know, we, who probably, who have pretty easy access to grape. That would not be a temptation for us, but like that's fair. I, she I, probably I, hasn't had fresh fruit in quite some time. Yeah. What What would be the food that would tempt? What would be the food that would like t- that would like you would break the rule of don't fucking eat it for? Like, what, what's the food you would snap for? I have a really hard time thinking of a food that I would break that for, but I would absolutely have to consider breaking the rule if there was just some like absolutely fire weed on the table <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> oh that i i feel that also but um my i think my pick has gotta be uh just like uh uh fucking uh, uh popeye's like spicy chicken tender over there like Ooh. i would i would be on that i, I would like uh, you know let the pale man take me i will just <laughs> just <laughs> i will die happy with this chicken tendy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i'm just like okay so like the pale man take me but uh this shit's hitting though <laughs> listen if you smoke it fast enough you won't feel anything that's how weed works that is how that works if, if you smoke it poorly enough you'll be coughing too much to even notice when the pale man eats you <laughs> yeah that's fine i'll just distract myself by coughing and then uh smoke screen and get away that's how that works right yeah you throw the you throw the bong on the floor and it makes a smoke and it makes just like a, a, a fucking ripe smoke bomb cloud <laughs> but so she she eats she she eats her grapes and then the pale man comes to life and pops his eyes into his hands and does creepy motions she uh, really did just like trigger a fucking cutscene. yeah if you've seen this if you've seen a scene from this movie this is the scene that you have seen mm-hmm he like taps uh, his long fingies on the table and then picks mm-hmm. up his eyes and pushes them into the sockets in his hands and then just yeah. like holds them up by his face because that's where eyes go. Yeah, and then he and then he does jazz hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jazz hands while I'm looking around. Yep. Uh, but she fucking books it out of there and is like, "Okay, I gotta fucking go. I gotta move." And uh, not before we she... get two fairies eaten, though. And I'm just like, "We just found out that those are real fucking people, and you just ate two of them. You got your friends killed." Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, but but she runs, and the the, the hourglass runs out, and she. Uh, the hourglass runs out, and she is uh, oh, trapped fuck. in the, the dungeon. Yep, but then she's like, "Okay, I'll just make another. I'll just, you know, I'll just chalk his own voice." Rudy, you gotta again. draw something. Yeah, Rudy, you gotta draw something. So um, she's like on that chair that she put in the to help her um, like climb down the first time, and just mm-hmm. like balancing on the very fucking top of it, struggling to draw this door. And she like breaks the chalk the first time. So I'm over here sweating. Like, ma'am, you have already fucked up enough. Please get this door open. Mm-hmm. And so she does. She does. Yeah. Uh. What what happens next? Uh, oh yeah, I had a fun note, which is that the pale man is a uh, Balchinian looking kind of guy. 
He's got he, he's got like the Balchinian jowls. Damn it. <laughs> Balchinian looking ass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um she makes it back and uh she puts the mandrake root under her mom's bed. Uh, with the drops of blood like the fawn told her to. She does like four drops though, and me being a like rule follower, <laughs> fucking yep. sweating, like you're gonna make the magic break. Yep. But actually it's fine. Apparently more blood is like not a problem. Yeah. It, it's it's hey, listen, the more blood you have, the more blood you have. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Math checks out. Listen, that's just tautology, baby. It sure is. <laughs> Um, and then we, we find out, we, we get like a, this is when I understood that the doctor was, the, the, the doctor was on the side of the rebels, uh, cause I didn't, for some reason I just like missed the two scenes beforehand where he had done things for the rebels. I'm just like, I did just that like, amputation not hammer that home for you? Like you listen, don't do that I, for I, people you hate. I, I had zoned out a little bit. I was just like, Hey, that is, did he just cut off one of the fascist legs? Go fucking go off. Gotcha. If Captain Vidal says, hey, if you have to choose, uh, you got to save the baby. Oh, wait, there's um uh, earlier, about like 40 minutes ago in the movie, I completely forgot to make note of this, but um, uh, earlier there was a really good scene where uh, they're having dinner. The, you know, a bunch of the fascists are having dinner together. Mm-hmm. And this is like right after we see uh, Captain Vidal spending a lot of time repairing a watch mm-hmm. that has been broken. Uh, and... Someone at the dinner is like, hey, I was friends with your dad. And I remember that he, uh, his buddies said that uh, when he died, he broke a watch so that he would know exactly what, what time he, that so that his son would know exactly what time he died. And then Captain Vidal just kind of makes like sad cuck face and is like nonsense. He didn't have a watch. Yeah, I'm Which, not really like what was going on there. I think that was like him, like one him, like refusing the fact that like he he obviously Captain Vidal cares a lot about, uh, you know, fa- like father to son, father to son kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was him like refusing to acknowledge that he had like destroyed a, like, uh, a, a, I guess like a, a message that his father had left him. Like he had, he, he was like refusing to accept that he had like destroyed his father's last words. Oh. I think like that's, that's me extrapolating a lot. I think. No, that actually makes a lot more sense. Okay, cool. Especially I didn't get like, the first like, time I saw this movie, like, so uncomfortable reaction because mm-hmm. he did spend a lot of time fixing that watch, mm-hmm. and then it works, and then he's like, "Fuck yeah, I fixed this watch. I'm like king of all mechanical and everything," and feels really good about it. And then it's just like, "Oh, that's a thing that I did, and I really care about." Yeah. Fuck you. He didn't have a watch. <laughs> Um, so, uh, there, then there's, uh, the, uh, Captain Vidal is talking with the doctor and is like, Hey, if you have to choose, save the baby. Don't, I don't give a shit about Carmen. Um, and there's a huge explosion in the distance and they go all, uh, they, they all go to like track down the source of it. And it's just, uh, a train that had to be forced to stop because the rebels did an explosion and Mm -hmm. they're like, so what did they take? And the train, the train people were like, they didn't take anything. They just kind of, I don't know what their goal was. And then as soon as they say that, what they're like, 
what the fuck were they doing? And then we see like an explosion come from the the fucking mill where everyone's stationed at. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, oh, like fucking pod champ facing. Like they yep. just pulled an awesome diversion on them. And I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah, that whips. Let's go back to the camp and see what's up. Yeah, so they get back to the camp and there's just like a fucking shootout happening between. Um, this is not like the final shootout, but it. Uh, but they do manage to capture uh, a rebel when they when when they um they do manage to capture one of the rebels and this is the scene I alluded to earlier where the where Captain Vidal is like okay I will make this man talk uh, mm-hmm. and they they um he does a fucked up thing where it's like the guy is like. I don't know if the guy like has like a stutter as a as regular or, or like if he regularly has a stutter or if he's just like you know extremely terrified and scared and cold I think he and does everything. regularly have a stutter because earlier he's the guy that they um when we're at the rebels camp he's like reading a newspaper with all the updates and yes, stuff. Yes, that's right. That's and right. The other like jerk snatches the newspaper like fuck off. And then, like, starts reading it, and he doesn't stutter, so we can assume that the other guy regularly stutters. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Captain Vidal is like, if you can count to three without stuttering, I'll let you go. And he Just counts incredibly to incredibly fucking fucked up. Yeah. And the guy can't do it. Uh, so, uh, there's just a bunch of torture that happens off screen, thankfully. Mm-hmm. The, the fawn shows up again. And uh, Ophelia is like, hey, I made a mistake and gives him like the fucking the the thing you put in the pneumatic tube at the bank to that goes sh- the, that shoots through the tube. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The burrito case. Yeah. <laughs> For the pneumatic burrito delivery system. Yeah. She, she gives she gives the fawn the pneumatic burrito delivery system and is like, hey, I fucked up. There's only one fairy left. And the fairy comes out and is just like and and, fucking and, snitches immediately. Yeah, it's like it, the fairy just jumps out like this fucking little shit over here we done told her not to eat the fruit and what does she do fucking slaps us away and eats the fucking fruit look at this bitch look at her absolutely audacious and the fawn looks at her and is just you done fucked up yeah now you're gonna die you're going to be immortal, and you will age like they do, and you will die like they do, and there's no coming back from this. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. honestly would have fucking crushed me, because that's, like, the one of the only links that she has to something that's not, like, completely fucking traumatic to interact with. Yeah. And then, uh, uh it, the, it's, it's fucking... You know, you get you you drank fizzy lifting juice. You get nothing. Uh, good day from mm-hmm, the fawn. Mm-hmm. Enjoy and getting it, like splattered into that propeller. Yeah, God, that that would have been a far more fucked up version of Willy Wonka. It sure would. <laughs> that movie was already way fucked, but uh, that would have been maybe over the line. I'm sure there's like some Newgrounds Flash animation that has that does that uh, somewhere in the world. Yeah, that has to exist. Yeah. Um, but so we get to the, uh, the aftermath of the torture and the doctor shows up and starts talking to the rebel and the rebel's like, Hey, I talked a little bit, please kill me. Uh, and so he like, uh, he, yeah, the doctor injects him with bone hurting juice and kills the man. Yeah. He's, uh, he actually takes a very, like, he makes a point that it's not the doctor himself doing it. He just like holds the needle next to the guy's arm and the guy has to actually like grab his hand and push the needle in and right, use yeah, his yeah. hand to push the like all of that down because doc's like 
mm, Hippocratic oath though. And yeah. he's just like, all right, so I'll do it, but I need to die. And then Doc's like, this will take away the pain. And yeah. I, my heart. Yeah. And is this the scene where the, uh, where, uh, the doll finds like that vial in the doctor's case that looks exactly like the vial that they found, uh, earlier with the, mm-hmm. the antibiotic vial that they found with the, uh, with the lottery ticket that the rebels left behind earlier. Yep. So he's just like motherfucker. Yep. Uh, and then he returns to confront, uh, the doctor about it. And the doctor is just like standing there with the needle in hand next to the dead guy. And, um, Vidal is like, Hey, you, you, why did you do that? Uh, and, uh, the doctor says, I, I did not have a choice. Like he did not want the man to be tortured and suffer any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just like kind of packs up his things and walks out and is like, and I'm like, damn, is he actually going to get out of this? And then no, the fucking, the Vidal steps out of the, the, the barn where the dead, where the dead uh, rebel is and just blasts the Just doctor straight in up the bath. fucking ices him mm-hmm. and then immediately after that needs his help <laughs> yeah because <laughs> because the people come rushing outside and they're like uh you gotta come quick your wife yeah uh the because um vidal found the uh uh the man the mandrake root that was under carmen's bed uh, mm-hmm. and is like fucking what the fuck is this but then he gets pulled away to deal with the doctor and so Carmen has that long talk with uh, with with uh, Ophelia and is like magic isn't real for you or me or anyone and I have to teach her this lesson and she throws the mandrake root into the fire and as soon as the the as soon as it starts burning up like she goes into labor and starts having like horrible contractions and she eventually dies in childbirth because Dr. Ferrero is not there to help with anything because he's you know dead mm-hmm. and all the while that mandrake root is writhing and shrieking in the fireplace and it is yeah. not good to see it's really bad to see and then uh uh vidal does some vidal goes to his mind palace and deduces that mercedes is also uh, a rebel so he's like okay i'm gonna torture you as well um, but he turns his back on her to like stroke his torture tools very sexily and he gets snuck up on by her and she like fucking bonks him on the head and like stabs him and, uh, sticks like a hook into his mouth. It's like that thing that they use at the dentist at the dentist to like, you know, uh, scrape the plaque off. It's and she just actually like... that same potato knife that she's been using the entire movie. Oh, she it is keeps that motherfucking thing on her you see her yeah. chop those potatoes in the beginning tuck it into her apron it doesn't come up so i'm just like hmm, check off's knife i completely and missed that holy you see shit that again another point she chops that up folds it into her apron and then at this point she unfolds her apron takes the knife out frees herself sneaks up on him stabs him and just fucking like won't be the first pig i've gutted slashes his face and he falls and it's the rawest fucking moment yeah she she gives him joker face she fucking jokerifies him yeah she gives him joker face and then just fucking runs out without killing him uh and she gets like chased by a bunch of guys into the forest and initially those fascists are like did he let her go he let her go all right cool yeah but then he like stumbles out with his with his like bloody Joker face and uh, is like get get her you fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, he's been stabbed like 
four times at this point too i think yeah he he's holding up together he's holding up considerably well given the fact that he was stabbed like she stabbed him in the back and fucking dragged the knife down mm-hmm. uh stabbed him in the front and jokered his face mm-hmm. um it was like right in the heart area too like homegirl yeah, was going I, for the kill i really thought that he was i really thought that he was done so he would but be if he wasn't not. the fucking movie monster but he is the monster yeah. of this movie he um he chases uh, he he orders his men to go chase her down and they do and they've got her like backed into a corner and she's about to like you know kill herself so that they don't have the satisfaction of bringing her back to him mm-hmm. bringing her back to Vidal and then all the fascists just get fucking blasted by an ambush by the by the uh, the rebels yeah fucking whips they rescue her and then she's just like losing her shit because she absolutely thought she was dead there yeah um then the uh, we go back to Ophelia and the fawn is back and is like, hey, I'm gonna give you one more chance uh, because to be frank, we kind of need we listen. Because <laughs> to be frank, not... we don't have any other choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be frank, hi, I'm I'm Frank. You can stop calling me the fawn. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, you you gotta do what you have to do. One more thing. Meet me in the labyrinth. Uh, and so she, like, Ophelia steals the baby that uh, her mother died giving birth to. Oh, this is, like, my favorite line from the fawn, too. She tries and tells him that the, like, door is locked, and he, like, uses his incredibly long fingies to pull this chalk out of nowhere, and is like, Then make your own door. <laughs> and it's the best fucking part in the movie. It is also that was that was great just that right there <laughs> loved to hear it <laughs> thank you um uh but, but, but uh so Vidal sees Ophelia running out with the baby and it's like fucking get but we, we, Vidal is like he is he sews up his own face with he like stitches up his own face because he needs to stop himself from being fully Joker and just get, goes to like into a half Joker face. Yeah, this guy's absolutely fucking bananas stitching up his own face. I'm like, okay, so yep. I know you are you've completely lost it. You've done that yourself, and then he like and drinks knocks, to numb the pain or whatever. Yeah, he knocks like he he puts some fresh bandaging on it, and then he knocks back some whiskey, and immediately the fresh bandaging is like stained with blood because he can't keep it in his mouth. Forgot that his fucking cheek has a slash in it. Yeah, and then he pours another glass. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, but um, so the entire mill is like under attack by rebels right now, uh, and Vidal chases Ophelia into the labyrinth, right? Uh, and um, important thing that happens before that, though, she does drug him. Yes, she does. Yeah. So in the process of stealing the baby, she um, brings the medicine that a doctor had been giving to her mom that like probably opium and just mm-hmm. like fucking the whole dropper in dude's drink. <laughs> yeah. Like she gets them. We, we didn't lit today. Yeah. And he, of course, knocks that whole one back because that's the second shot that he poured and mm-hmm. um, realizes that she's in the room at that point. And then she's like, shit and bricks. And yeah. he's like trying to chase after her, but the opium's kicking in and he's a little bit fuzzy. So she ends up getting away. And then uh, mm-hmm. this is where she makes it to the labyrinth, I think. Yeah. And Vidal is like chasing her down, but, uh, he's like a good, like minute or two behind her. She's mm-hmm. got a good, she's got a good head start of him. Yeah. Cause he's got uh, off that sauce. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely just fucking gone. Uh, but he chases her into the labyrinth, but uh, she gets to the end of it uh, about a minute or two before he does. And the fawn is like, okay, we just need a little droplet of your brother, of your, uh, the innocent brother's blood. Give us, give us your brother's blood, please. Please, please, please. And she's you just like, need no, a you drop can't. of your brother's blood. That's all. And I'm just like, my dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. And she's like, no, you can't. I, I refuse. And the fawn is like, so be it. Uh, and just kind of fucks off, which is at the same time that, uh, well, no, she's talking to the fawn uh, when Vidal shows up. And we see what this entire thing looks like from Vidal's POV, which is that uh, the fawn is not there and Ophelia is talking to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then he just fucking shoots her. He sure does just straight up ice her. But the um, important thing that I noticed was after she agrees to give up her kingdom and all of that, he still says, okay, your highness, which like, if she had given up her kingdom, she would no longer be a highness and wouldn't have that title. Hello. Interesting. Yeah. But um, Vidal shoots her in the, and uh, we get back to that scene at the start of the movie where the, she is like laying on some stone and bleeding out and her blood drips down into the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, hey, does she count for an innocent? Yeah. Um, but so she, uh, while she's bleeding out, um, we uh, go back to Vidal, who is like wearily stumbling his way through the, he's got the baby in his hands and he's stumbling his way through the. Um, through the maze back out to the entrance and when he gets out there there's like a shitload of the rebels just like standing there and he mm-hmm. hands over the baby and like sets his watch to be exactly that time and he's like he's like tell my son what time I die and he doesn't even finish the sentence before Mercedes, like, before Mercedes like no he won't even know your name and the then he gets fucking shot and it's it's it fucking like, I'm slaps. Doing, I'm doing I'm doing pog champ at this I'm scene. Fucking like fist pumping. I'm dabbing. I'm pog champing. I'm going fucking ape shit right now. Like mm-hmm. my dude finally got what he deserved, and we just like see the fucking bullet hole in his face too. Mm-hmm. It's raw shit. Love it. It is. Uh, and he, cause he, and he's like so upset about the fact that his, his, his son will not even know who he was. And is like, that's the last thing that he sees before he gets a new hole in his head. Yeah. It's very good. Before, before the rebels say, uh, mate, you got a hole in your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, um, uh, so Ophelia is like bleeding out into the labyrinth and then she wakes up and everything is like with a, there's like a gold tint to the film now. And she's like, uh, Carmen is there and her real dad is there. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, Ophelia, you're here. Finally here to reign over your kingdom. And then, uh, the fawn is there too. And then we get a fade back into reality where Mercedes is like holding Ophelia's body as she dies. In yeah. the real world. And like, then we get, like, an epilogue to the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends. Yeah, it's a... It's a fucking ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good-ass movie. For real. Uh, I first saw that in a 10th grade Spanish class and got very into Guillermo del Toro movies after that. Yeah, I haven't seen... An, I have not seen enough Guillermo del Toro movies. I've seen... Pacific Rim was him, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Um, 
I've seen the first half of Hellboy, but it was on a day that I was really fucking tired, so I kind of fell asleep for the back half of it, which is yeah, not that's, fair. that's not an indicator of the quality of that movie. I actually really liked that movie. I was just <laughs> so fucking sleepy. Yeah, valid. And I've seen this now twice. Um, so on a scale of zero to five forbidden grapes, how many forbidden grapes will you eat for this movie? Um... I want to give it all five forbidden grapes, but honestly, watching content with fascists in it, um, even though they do get their comeuppance, is uh, I got to detract a grape from that. So uh, four out of five. Four out of five. Okay, I'm I'm feeling like a four and a half grapes. Like you, you, you know, cutting cutting one, you get four 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 forbidden grapes and then one forbidden peeled grape. No skin on that one. <laughs> Actually, wait, it should be the other way around. It should be four, four forbidden grapes and the skin of a peeled forbidden grape. Okay. <laughs> that's my, um, that's my, that's my rating of this movie. So, um, I don't think we got any questions this week, which is fine. So that means we're just going to get into recommendations. Uh, Quinn, what do you have to recommend this week? Um, honestly, I have been just getting very high and playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena because I have a bunch of free time and I think it would be a funny joke if I just like made it to Mythic. So that's just like the top rank in the competitive queue. Yeah, I I believe in you. Thank you. So yeah, that's what I'm uh, currently questing for. And I don't like recommend that because um, it is the sort of like free to play, pay to get the like good stuff or whatever sort of monetization model. Mm. But I'm having a lot of fun in it. So, you know, hell yeah. Are. Listen, you got to take you got to take what you can get in this in this world. You really do. Um, my recommendation this week is going to be, fuck, what have I even done this week that is not, that is, you know what? I sat down and I played and beat the original Super Mario Brothers this week. I just sat down and I beat that thing from 1-1 to 8-4. No warp pipes, just sheer fucking, you know, hashtag gamer moves. Hell Um, yeah. World 8 is no fucking joke. I have never made it that far because I do the war pipe bullshit and get to like world six that way and then usually mm-hmm. just like um, die and give up because at that point I'm just like I could be playing Super Mario World and yeah. I would rather be playing Super Mario World. Yep. Uh, but I did, you know what? I did that. So if you have a, an ability to get that, which you probably can get that pretty simply. Yeah, I actually uh, have that NES classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also, I'm sure you know not to say that you should ever download something illegal but listen it's out there it's out there uh quinn thank you so much for coming on this episode of the podcast it was a true it was an absolute blast thank you so much Yeah, i had a great time thanks so much for having me yeah of course um do you have anything you'd like to plug and where people can find you on the on the net um yeah actually you can follow me on soundcloud at eclipse but it's stylized to hell and back so i spell it e dot k one y p s e and i write um mostly just like music to like a vibe and chill too uh, occasionally yeah. there's lyrics but mostly it's instrumental 
Hell yeah. Uh, if you could just drop a link to that in the fear baiting discord so that we can get that link. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and awesome. then you can follow me on Twitter at girl dick energy. Perfect at like absolutely perfect at. Thank I you. A... I really like it. Oh, <laughs> uh um let's see if you want to find us we are fear bidding everywhere that's on twitter uh tumblr gmail and patreon um during this time of like extreme uh you know po- uh, extreme violence happening towards black people all over the country uh, i would really recommend you search out uh instead of giving to us if you were considering it instead redirect that money elsewhere um, but I am still going to read off the people who get, who, uh, have the, who, who, who donate them, who give the money to us that, uh, you know, they, they, they get the reward. Yeah, for sure. I guess while we're clicking through that, um, I am black and trans. So if you want to make a material contribution to the improvement of the life of a black trans person, you can give me a little some some on Venmo at Empress Quinn. Hell yeah. Give Quinn your fucking money. Give Quinn your fucking money. So uh, thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Kit Spindler, and Ducky Aisha for your contribution to the Patreon. We love you so very much. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenia. Uh, you can also listen to the other podcast that I do, uh, The Wonder Yerks, with uh, friends of the show. Uh, well, actually, no. So thank you very much to Seda for the intro and outro music. You can find more of their music on uh, under People You Meet Outside of Bars. Uh, check them out at gaygothvibes.online. Thank you very much to Blair for editing this episode, Who can be and he can be found on Twitter at Blair Kitsch. Um, if, uh, and then uh, Seda, uh, Seda, Blair, and I do uh, an Animorphs podcast called The Wonder Yerks, where we read the Animorphs books. I also am on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast uh, by, for, and of the Terminally Online. And those those all those two podcasts and this one are both so graciously hosted under the noisespace.xyz uh, umbrella. Thank you very much to uh, Matt GameCube for running that entire thing. And also for our more largely painless transition to a new host. Uh, so, shouts out to Pinecast. And I think that's everything. Uh, so until next week, I'm Sarah. And I'm Quinn. And remember, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that.